Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I've never been so glad to see your lovely face. How are you doing after a hell of a COVID-riddled week? I have survived. Can't keep me down, <laughs> baby. Uh, yeah, so I had the vid. It was Big horrible. Vid. I then passed it on to Kerry, so nice. she's very angry with me. And uh, <laughs> it's now left our house and our system, so I feel good. very, we had a lot very of people, good. A lot of people sending in questions saying that they're also going through COVID or have just managed to get oh, on the bless. other side of COVID. I had it last month. Mm-hmm. I feel like 2023, sorry, 2022, as much as it is the year that we should all be past this stuff, is when most of us are getting it anyway. Didn't you um, hear, mate? The government said that COVID's over, so officially it's over. <laughs> Therefore, no one can get COVID and complain about it. Okay? That's you got the law. Parties, squares of cheese, whatever you need. Now, if any part of this audio quality is a little bit ropey, we, me and Jules, especially me, had a hell of a time trying to sort up some sort of recording thing because various licenses that we use to record stuff have expired and it was a big old thing. So hopefully <laughs> this is fine. Um, I'll sync it up afterwards. If you're hearing us talking, then I've managed to figure it out. But um, what are they hearing us do, Scott? What are well, we here to talk about? Hearing us do is the Untitled Banter Podcast, the UBP, the UBP, 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 the UBP, where we ask people for their various questions, thoughts, whatever they would like us to talk about. Sometimes in a gaming context, sometimes in a film context, sometimes in a food context, whatever the hell else is going on. It's getting very minimal when it comes to the gaming context. I know. Well, that's the thing. One of the questions that we've got is like, is there a drought on? Yes, there is a cheeky drought on. Um, But we'll get through as many questions as we can. First one is just a statement from Josh Has No Game, who says, no question, just glad the good egg is doing well. Well, same. Thank you. So much for your kind words, my friend. And Freeze also, let's, let's get this man a game. That's what I'm saying. McAllister <laughs> uh, NYC says, Hey there, fellas, at home with the Rona and realizing I've ha- I have a lot of time to kill. Personally, using this time to finally dive into Xenoblade Chronicles on Switch. If you had to spend Ooh. a week in quarantine, are there any giant games you'd love to get into? Now, did you find yourself doing this? Because I played a lot of Triangle Strategy when I was in COVID. That was my COVID game. See, I needed a game much like Triangle Strategy mm. that was basically like hands off, as it were, like deep in terms of like, oh, I could take my time thinking about my moves, but at the same time, wasn't too t- like taxing in terms of like twitch reflexes and stuff like that. Mm. So shooters and stuff like that were out of the window for me. Mm. But I made a considerable dent on the brand new Warhammer game, which is Warhammer 40k uh, Chaos Gate 
demon hunters because Scott, it is XCOM <laughs> in Warhammer form. Yeah. It is my exact crossover. My oh, Ven- I was just my- going to say that's the most you thing ever. But if then you said XCOM, I was like, no, I'm coming yeah. running, Jules. The, Ven- the, the Venn diagrams overset, uh, over, like, uh, overlapped, and I just made like various sex noises as they did. Oh. It was oh, beautiful. So I, I just got to bang on about this game for like two seconds okay. and then yeah. move on. And when I, I say know. that it's like XCOM meets uh, 40k, I'm not even uh, uh, like that's not hyperbole that is true mm. you've got the same sort of grid based thing but the best part is is that you don't have percentages when you come to your shooting if you're in range you do you damage but, but depending on the range that you're at that's how little or more damage you do that is it yeah. it's so it's good taken, I mean how long has XCOM been going it's taken them what 30 years to yes. get around the percentage based thing yes and I will never ever forgive missing a near 90% plus <laughs> shot when they are two foot away from me and I've got a shotgun it's like how do you miss that is well, a, that's there. Ooh, ooh. I started thinking in I know this isn't going to make a whole lot of logical sense, but I started thinking that every shot is a 50% shot. Like, it's either going to hit or it's not. So yeah, I was like... That's the thing. You, you go what into even the, the mindset. Point of probability? Like, there, there is no, no such thing as percentages in an XCOM game because yeah. you it's like uh, Schrodinger's shot. You're missing and hitting <laughs> at the same time. Everything is just a coin flip regardless of anything. But yeah. this year is the year of strategy because Triangle Strategy, the Warhammer game, there's mm-hmm. Mario and Rabbids making a grand return. So it's, if you like your grid-based <laughs> stuff... You know what, mate? I'm actually going to get it. it. I'm going to get it because I picked up the original on uh, the... Uh, e-store sale that they had recently Uh and i hate to admit it mate (laughs) i've had the time of my life with that game i have really enjoyed it i love that the bouncing mechanic and moving your people around i was like oh okay this game's really quite well i was i thought the animation was lush i thought like the snowdrop engine looked gorgeous Mm -hmm. and i was just like yeah like i mean the whole thing of chaining different uh, moves together so that you Mm -hmm. can sort of like bounce off a guy hit someone else mario in the sequel has twin pistols which i you can weird isn't it hit two guys at once which I like the idea of that especially in a strategy uh, I'm still getting over the idea of Mario with guns it's still it's still a little bit odd like and, and yeah, the fact that at no point he doesn't shoot the rabbit in the face. Like, you know, just go up to him and just, bam, 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 bam. Just a targeted, hold him yeah. down shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, um, Rona stuff, when I was just, like, laying in bed, it was just strategy things. So it kind of was mm-hmm. like you. Um, and, yeah, just played Triangle Strategy, which I honestly think, I'd look up the developers of this, because um, it is a mix of uh, Square Enix and a couple of other yeah. smaller studios. But I honestly think it's the best character writing that Square Enix have put their name to since, like, Final Fantasy IX or something. Like, it's a really, really pristine world and, and set of characters. Isn't this uh, from the studio that was developed by um, uh, or created by Square Enix mm. specifically to make RPGs? Oh, it's, it's not, RPG um, Factory. Is that what it's that's, called? That's Tokyo RPG Factory. It's not okay. them. Um, oh, okay, I fair enough. the small, the way, it, they've, they've got like one of those, because Square Enix have loads of different divisions. So it's yes. just sort of Square yeah. Enix Division 1 mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but there are various um, sort of veteran staff that are classed as Square Enix developers helping out on the project. It's kind of like a cumulative thing, but you can tell that it has that old school, like late 90s um, party based feel where every character is memorable all the decisions have a bit of weight um, and it's just the design of the world it's so like Final Fantasy meets uh, Game of Thrones it's yeah. very Final Fantasy tactics but with a really really good story what I love is that sometimes Square Enix just knocks it out of the park when it comes mm. to character writing because for every sort of really terrible cliched and trope heavy uh, story they've got they've mm. got like what was that newest um, Dragon's Quest game that came out was it 11 or 14 Dragon's Quest 11 was the last yeah. one yeah. that is a really well written game it takes a <laughs> while to get going but by the yeah, end of things yeah, I was like oh, okay even though they're telling the classic sort of oh there's kingdoms and magical mm-hmm. elements and MacGuffins everywhere I was like I'm actually pretty hooked because the characters are silly and funny and I really there like is this. also uh, Stranger of Paradise where it's just that's meant every to be other, so bad it's I like, know and it's like every other word is just like I'm here to kill chaos and it's just like I, I kind of want to know what that game is like I played a lot of the demo <laughs> a lot of the trial stuff but I've never I haven't actually got around to it that might be something to just sort of mop up for the rest of this yeah, yeah. Um, that, we spent a long time on the first question welcome to the UBP that's kind of what we do <laughs> next question from Kieran Power who says what do you think 
think Kojima is up to right now? Oh, what do you think I, Kojima's doing? I know what he's up to right now. <laughs> he is uh, sitting in a bar somewhere with Suda51. Uh, they're not exchanging any uh, words at all, just knowing glances at if each other. And uh, the plum wine, no, the red wine served in a man's hat with a plum floating in the centre <laughs> has just been delivered at their table. That's what they're up to. He's a living trilby, that man. I kind of, I'm uh. curious. I saw a rumour doing the rounds yesterday. There's a, a Twitter uh, account called Oops Leaks that occasionally is spot on with stuff. And I was yeah. like, it's too on the nose to be this like leaks channel. Um, but sometimes they're right. They put a thing out, uh, I think it was just last night, saying here's a roundup of leaks for the rest of the year. Um, you know, call me in a year when all of these have come true. And um, one of the ones that was listed as, as highly likely, or I think it was greenlit, was Kojima's next project, whatever the hell mm-hmm. that is, whether mm-hmm. it's the mm-hmm. rumoured Xbox horror thing or whether it's next Death Stranding or whatever. So hopefully we're seeing something from Kojima um, very soon because there's the Summer Games Fest stuff and K- Jeff Keighley always likes bringing him out. So, yeah. Do you, do you ever, like, sort of want Hideo to take his brand of, like, auteur um, directors, mm. uh, st- his mark, as it were, and mm. apply it to a genre that nobody ever saw coming? Like, because I know Ooh. that he tried to make a genre with Death Stranding. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's a strand game. But... I was starting to think, like, how easy would it be to start the conspiracy theory that Hideo mm. Kojima is actually making a racing game, right? Because he obviously put <laughs> well, racing, racing stuff yeah, in. Yeah. yeah, he put it into that. So maybe this is like a teaser <laughs> and he's going to do the next sort of like need for speed. But it's going to be like, instead of the classic sort of like, yo, bro, that's a nice scooter with a with a drop. A tar- I don't know but what, what car terms. A, a An nice engine spoiler. size. Yeah. Yeah. And like, imagine that. But it's like told from his thing. So it's actually like people racing, but like their organs are the car. Currency and their <laughs> fuel is actually the lifeblood of the entire population of the city honestly, they're racing from. So if they die, if they lose, the whole town dies. Look at that! I've just made this. Whoa. That would be like honestly. Like someone asked us what our, um, what crossover uh, game we should do, and I was like, well, we answer that quite frequently, so I'll not put it in this week's uh, yeah. episode. But that's the perfect thing. <laughs> like the amount of directions that Need for Speed have tried and failed. The amount of yeah. times they keep trying to reboot themselves. Just yeah, just Kojima madness. Just do weird characters with scars across their head. Yeah. Sure. Because like um, one of the funniest things is that. Sometimes racing games realize that you can't have like a super serious storyline. You have to no. embrace the silly. That's why mm-hmm. one of the best racing game storylines is actually in Jack X. Because halfway through Whoa. the game, they just go like, uh, you're all poisoned now. And you have to race, <laughs> otherwise you're going to die of poison. It's like, like The Walking Dead was it. It's like, oh, this is a very convenient poison that lasts the entire like season, isn't it? Oh, isn't oh, it? God. I saw um, Jack X is going to be on the PlayStation Plus premium yes. stuff. So. Yes, yes, <laughs> So you can finally get the final installment in the Jack story. Oh, it's, um, so, that, it's so bad it's good I up. love that game so much I don't love it I went into it thinking oh this will be Crash Team Racing because that, that was the second oh, time they no. took Naughty Dog took a trilogy and then did a card thing <laughs> yeah. but it's nowhere near as good as Crash Team Racing I, for me anyway I don't know it's like Burnout it's just, just yeah. a, think, of it, think of it like Burnout but with like more rockets and can you do more... takedowns I don't remember being able yeah, to yeah yeah you can, can there's, you? An entire, there's an entire mode that's built around you destroying other cars I'm to go back to and it. I caught it the Stone Age doing the, the intro song I was like yeah, really? yeah. It was, um, <laughs> I can't remember if it was Go With The Flow or something like that that they put in and then it was like, wait a minute, so wow. you're insinuating wow. that Queens of the Stone Age exist within the Jack X universe That's because they shout. turned the radio off and it's right. like, wait, so that was diegetic. That means that that actually existed. <laughs> How do I not remember any of this? Oh, because you Jack blocked X. it out. You blocked yeah, it out. Like- yeah, I forcibly was like, there's no Wumper fruit in this. I'm, I'm throwing it out the window. Um, next question from KTM421 who says, what's your opinion on the Last of Us remake for PS5? Currently rumored to be coming out later this mm. year. Um, this is, yeah, this is another rumor doing the rounds that might get confirmed um, across the summer. But yeah, what do you think of the idea of the Last of Us remake? Apparently the, the word 
we're doing the rounds is um, you'll believe you'll believe why it needs to exist when you see the new gameplay. So I'm guessing they've just okay. taken a whole bunch of the animations from two, and then I guess just kind of reapproach how the environment, how you interact with the environments from one, and maybe you can slink between bookcases yeah. and do all these other interactive things that we're into. What I find really upsetting is the fact that um, it implies that the game needed to be remade in the first place mm. by putting that title on it. Like I, there's very few games that I feel uh, can make it through unscathed after like years of release um, mm. and still be held aloft as like this is a moment in gaming because mm. and last of us is definitely one of those for me it was a, it came at a point in my time where i needed a game like that to exist and i mm. got a hell of an experience out of it Same. so i'm very apprehensive about what they're going to do because remaking implies that what they're doing is they're taking that story and applying a modern lens to it so does that mean that it's, gonna it's see... nothing from the ground up it's like it's more I, like i a, know that um... but they but they're still going to add some elements in they, go, they have be, they have yeah. they have to add some new elements or some contextual stuff in mm. and as we all know with like, and I hate to use this as an example, but it's just the most obvious one, the mm. Star Wars um, franchise, the right. more lore you add in, the more mistakes you potentially make by saying, wait a minute, does that add up? Does this character mm. need to be related to this character? Like blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So if they start adding in new characters and elements into The Last of Us, like, oh, we're trying to further the relationship between Joel and Ellie, they may end up breaking that because they might be too on the nose with it. Like People might know what to expect and it's like, oh, look, they're having another heartwarming moment sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious what they do in terms of sort of stitching together one and two a bit more tightly. Like you can make sure the character model for Abby's father is is consistent because yeah. he plays a massive role. And it's like, yeah, that's the thing though, because like it was this project apparently came from the fact that the main heads at Naughty Dog were still deciding what their next main game's going to be. The Neil Druckmann's, the mm-hmm. Halle Grosses. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. people who are just coders and art departments were just like, well, we don't know what to, what we're going to do. So they were just thrown at the Last of Us remake to do something for like a year or two. And so that's what this is. So I wonder how, yeah, how much it's going to feel like Last of us too um and yeah if they have gone back to certain scenes and stuff and whether it is just a case of not like a remaster because it is being touted as a remake but yeah whether you've added different character models and animations i don't know how it feels like maybe i mean we're coming up on almost a decade since the last of us it's going to be the hbo show like Mm -hmm. maybe they do need like a big last of us premier premier product or whatever to uh, remind people how good the last of us is but yeah that's apparently coming later this year so i guess we'll see if we get any footage for it across the summer um elfar oliver says last monday me and josh brown who i had to grab on i grabbed him i dragged him in i said Oh, do, do the UBP. He says that we really wound ourselves up wanting aliens in medieval times. Now, this came from the fact that um, Bloober Team, apparently they were working on a, on a game where it was an aliens game, like alien tied in game, but yep. it was set in medieval times. So all the, um, back then they were worshipping the xenomorph and it was just this idea of like aliens and xenomorphs tearing through medieval Amazing. times. And I was like, that would be brilliant. That I know. sounds so that good. That would be brilliant. Apparently it was cancelled. And I was like, no, that would be great. Um, so Elfar says uh, we got all wound up in the same way that me and you just did, yep. going like, that's a great idea. Um, but now we've got a trailer for the new Predator movie called Prey with Native Americans. What other settings slash places slash time should we get either an alien or a predator? Right. Okay. So we we have an example, and unfortunately, it's a bad example of mm. what I want to see, and that's Cowboys versus Aliens, the film. <laughs> like that's that, it's not a good film, but no. there is so much potential for there to be an alien predator stalking through the Wild West. Because think Ooh. about how the towns Twin were pistons. formed back then. Like, I mean, let's just use Red Dead Redemption as our example of what an atypical um, Wild West frontier town Mm -hmm, would be. mm -hmm. You've got your soul-like way in, you've got a a few scant houses, you've got a few sort of locations that are maybe a mile or two away where the farmhands are sort of thing. Mm. Imagine hearing rumours within the town of like, Oh, there's this beast that's going around slaughtering all of the uh, the mm-hmm. farmers and the livestock and stuff. And then as it makes its way into town, realizing that, oh, no help is going to come in the next sort of couple of weeks. So we've got to basically fend against this uh, 
super technologically advanced predator with bad guns. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I could. They're all jamming in the dust. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be brilliant. It'd be brilliant. Stuff like that. That. anything where you take um, like new fang or new fast moving thing and put it in old context. I feel like that works in a quite more unique way. Like you said, cowboys and aliens is mm-hmm. still memorable or talked about because of that. And I remember like, in front of finding the vampire in Red Dead Redemption Two and just being like, this feels so like kind of weirdly off, half out of place, and it comes at you so fast. So I I do like the idea of that, especially the medieval thing. I just think that's so unique. Like if you did yeah. that in, in, with enough budget, um, it would really stand out. Your idea is brilliant as well. I love the idea of that. Um, mine, I think, would just be uh, future stuff because I think I would mm-hmm. do some sort of. It's kind of more expected, but I think you can do a lot more with the sort of um, the way that you can like blend like an alien's body with all the um, you know cyberhumanism stuff yeah. and like yeah. are we getting away from humanity and all that kind of stuff um, and then getting like alien augments and stuff like that. Also, another setting that could be very good. Imagine mm-hmm. if it was like a feudal Japan. So it was like um, you had like katana sword oh, you, battles, yeah. and then you had like uh, ninja stealth um, shinobi stuff. That'd be well, amazing. That like tr- being out stealthed by a. a sh- a shinobi would actually be quite a cool scene. Yeah, there's all there's that bit. I said yes. There's that bit in uh, Predator One where I can't remember what you call the character has that sort of almost samurai style showdown with the predator, and then it cuts and you see the oh, predator Billy. just cut his head off. Yeah, Billy. Just, Billy yeah. Oh, Billy gets ruined, man. Billy gets ruined, and then <laughs> hashtag Billy gets ruined. And then in Predators, they redo mm. that scene, but they actually show you the fight. Yeah. And um, with like a different character and everything, and I was like, yeah, you could totally do. Obviously, Predator like borrows quite a lot from codes and samurai and honor and stuff like that. So like, yeah, d- feudal Japan, Jules, you're on fire. I <laughs> Feudal Japan Predator would be great. Um, next question from Woofle House, who says, Hello, lads, big fan. What culture helped me get through COVID? So much love. Oh, what big love poorly to you, mate. Exe- Yeah, big love. And anyone who's um, suffering with COVID, like, massive thank you for checking in with us. Um, we've both been through it. We know what it's like. So he says, Which poorly executed or received game do you think deserves a remaster or a sequel? So many games are getting remasters, but what stinker should be well would be well served with a second shot? I, I know this answer straight away in my heart of hearts. It's, I've actually got two answers. <laughs> answers if i'm okay. honest first one for the playstation one mm. psychic force needs to <laughs> needs a bit of love if you've never played it i can sum it up to you the reason why you should play it you fight inside a giant cube it's a fighting game uh, every person's got psychic powers and right. the main enemy the biggest bad guy of the entire <laughs> game is called Keith. Oh God, I know. Yeah, the oh, Keith yeah. game. Yeah. I know this is the Keith game. <laughs> yeah, I know because I've told you about it before. Um, my mind just goes to stuff that's outdated, outdated, and or has dated horribly now. Things like Kung Fu Chaos on the original Xbox, Ooh. which I love back in the day, but it's horrific. Oh, if it's you go dicey. Back to it now. It's so dicey. It's now. very the, dicey. The same with but the Hogs of War accents. You cannot be War, doing totally. that in 2022, mate. No, no, no. Do that with reapproach it somehow. Make it funny again. Don't make it horrible. Yeah. And um, because the game mechanics were cool, like 3D worms, like your Hogs, what Hogs of War was. Uh, Kung through chaos was like a top-down minigame collection that was really fun with friends like power um, stone style more, combat wasn't it yeah anything that's more martial mm. arts based is always cool i always find i always feel rather that martial arts are just so underserved in games like why are there not more melee focused video games with really cool roundhouses and stuff like that well i got a uh, little little thing for you my friend because my Go second on. choice to uh, take for an obscure game that was an absolute stinker because it was mm-hmm. really bad <laughs> why has nobody ever made uh, a remake of the game fighter maker for the playstation one <laughs> now what the this hell is the thing is that? Right, okay. So, so what would you expect from a game called Fighter Maker? Well, see, that makes me think of that. Uh, was it called Clay Fighters or something? Oh, no, I'm guessing I'm making my own fighter is what I'm, what I'm assuming. You're damn right, my friend. And it had like <laughs> at the time, I won't say groundbreaking graphics. I would say more 
six feet under graphics okay. <laughs> um, because they were terribly dated and dead. But mm-hmm. you could make a character from scratch, like we're talking mm-hmm. like arms, legs, proportions, everything, give them a fighting style, customize their special moves, customize their taunts, customize their um, victory things. And it wasn't just a case of like picking one from a list. You'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, so I want my character when he wins to throw his arms to the left, his legs going to fly off to the right, he's going to hover <laughs> around, float in the air, do five forward flips and then land and then say, hello, like that. Like, that you would could, be great. Like, you can do all that stuff. Imagine that, but with today's graphics, today's engine, yes. and you just build a fighter from the ground up. But the thing is, you just make it so that it's so not balanced. You just The whole gimmick <laughs> is, it's just the silliest fighters created it for just absolute balance. Like a more uh, one-on-one or like version of like gang beasts where it's just yes. flaily yeah. and everyone's kind of just coming at each other. Yeah. yeah. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Next question from James Winchester who says, Okay, chaps, honest opinion on Avatar 2. Also, very briefly, what are your top three most wanted games at the Xbox slash Bethesda uh, showcase or the rumoured Sony Summer of Games uh, conference stuff? Have you right. seen the Avatar 2 trailer, Mr. I Trister? have indeed. Uh... Where are you at on that franchise? Because I wasn't bothered at all. And then yeah. I saw Avatar 2 in front of Doctor Strange. I knew they were doing an Avatar 2, but I hadn't seen the trailer. And I kind of was like, in the current era that we're in, where every single old franchise is just being mind to death mm-hmm. i was quite glad like seeing like a new ip a new franchise a new world to get stuck into i know that avatar one was very by the numbers mm-hmm. but like at least it's a new thing it's not just something from 30 years ago that we're going back to again i i, I don't know why but i've just got no interest in it like right. i i enjoyed watching avatar in the cinemas uh, the first time around and then when i caught it again on uh like dvd watching over at a mate's house i was just there, like ah mm-hmm. oh, yeah this is actually pretty bad so there's, <laughs> there's a lot really there's a lot of really cringe moments in this <laughs> that's kind of what makes me wonder what yeah. they do for the sequel because the first one is so generic and so wrapped up that I'm like where do you go from here and weirdly yeah. that makes me interested in it my um, worry is there's is like another nine of them too my worry is that 
that's going to end up feeling a bit like um, do you remember Valerian and the Thousand Worlds or whatever it was called? Where it was yeah, just like was tons of yeah, like tons and tons of visually impressive things, but no substance whatsoever. Mm. And we're just mm. going to be left with another sort of film that was like. Like kind of like how Ready Player One was. You're like, oh, right. that was a visual feast, but I walk away feeling so empty. Like, from well, it's that. really weird as well because Avatar was obviously sold with um, Sam Worthington. Like, he was mm-hmm. like, he was Hollywood's next big action guy, and Mate, then none of his stuff works. <laughs> I, I, I really resent the fact that Sam Worthington got bumped up for that because it was like, oh yeah, oh Sam Worthington's amazing. He's fantastic. <laughs> Look at how he acts in Avatar. It's like, mate. He's got, he's not even in half of the film and he's only providing his voiceover stuff. Just his voice, and, yeah. and literally they've got like uh, CGI all over him to make him look like he's expressing more. So they're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, he's going to definitely be the other. Uh, I remember the, he was in, it was like that and um, Clash of the Titans and then he was in Clash um, of the Man Titans on a Ledge. Sucked, by the way. Yeah. I and hated that film. None of them worked. And he just was just the most blandest guy. I'm sure he's a lovely man, but like all of his performances came across as very bland. So I don't even know if he's in Avatar 2. I'm not sure if the protagonist is someone else. He is is the uh, 2013 to 2018 uh, white male protagonist that you'd see on every box cover for any video game that just had a, space had a gun. Marine yeah, literally. One. Whoa, whoa. Let's not, let's not bring the space marines into this, mate. Let's, well, let's, let's, sorry, you know. not, not the Warhammer space marines. They're yeah. cool space marines. But um, what was that game where you would like raise and lower ground? You know, when the cover, cover shooter boom oh. was in? And it was like you could point at stuff and just raise the ground. Oh, mate. Was that, was that, oh, what was that called? Whatever not, that thing was called, that, not like, time the guy shift, that was on, it? it's called something like Landfall, but it's not that. Okay, okay. But either way, um, that game, the guy that was on the box art for that, I remember people being like, okay, this is, this is it. We've hit the apex. Yeah, this is yeah. too much. There's a space marine guy in every one of these things. Um, in terms of stuff that I want to see at the Xbox and the Sony shows, literally anything, because yeah. we're so flat right now, especially on the Xbox side. I genuinely feel sorry for people who are completely invested in Xbox because their future just looks so scattered. Um, I know things are announced. There's Please, Fable. Please, may I have a game? Yeah, can I get anything to play that isn't <laughs> just Game Pass? Like, so for the harsh. love of God. Um, so, yeah, I just want them to sort of surprise people. The Perfect Dark stuff, if you look into the way that game is coming together, apparently development is an absolute mess. Um, oh, it doesn't seem like... Um, I, I would be amazed if that Perfect Dark thing even actually comes together anymore. Because mm-hmm. um, it seems like the various um, leads and the heads of uh, the project can aren't really getting on with each other. So we'll see what that thing is. But yeah, I just want to see new cool ideas. They have so many different things under their wing and so many different IPs um, that they've bought and they've kind of bought their way to the top. But show those things off. Like, you yeah. know, um, yeah. Obsidian's avowed we need to see more of but i i just want new i want new ip like i'm someone who gets really bored with how much we're mining old stuff and i always kind of just go like okay but what are the new worlds we've got and so like yeah like i kind of just want to see new ideas and as much as sony have things to show off like god of war um or whatever the the, you know they might do a bloodborne patch or something to sort of get in with the fans um i want new stuff like i think that it's about time we're like two years into the generation it's it's time that we had some new worlds new games yep just old stuff yeah we've got um i think is it um is it forespoken mm-hmm. um yeah, that, that, that's, that's yeah, coming yeah. out that's the one thing that i'm actually quite interested in seeing because okay. even though that a lot of people are saying that there might be a lot of generic open world vibes about it i it just look see, very like corporate yeah but i, but I want to see what they can do with like it like it's like that thing's insane because it looks really promising gameplay wise i think it mm-hmm. looks like it plays really really well mm-hmm. and it's written by gary witter and i'm pretty sure um Oh man, the woman who wrote Uncharted, Amy Hennig. Yeah. Like, that's an insane power duo on the writing side. It is indeed. 
it's also Square Enix on the publishing side, and they are they get so involved with creative that they make everything so smoothed over and awful. And Square well, Enix are in a horrible position right now, so I think they'll make it as safe and bankable as possible and probably kill it. You say that, but then again, mm. remember they're doing this whole thing with it's Yuji Naka, isn't it? Who's um, the guy who made uh, Balan Wonderworld? Yes, who um, yeah, originally made Sonic, and, and then he's just and now he's here. saying that he's like, is he suing Square Enix because of the fact that they meddled with his project so much? Yeah, so there's, so there's, he, a, there's a lot going on there. So so hopefully Square Enix has kind of learned from this. PR oh God, backlash. Although I'm not seeing it being covered that much. It feels like that story mm. was like, it came out and it's like, no, that's really not okay to mess with somebody's well, like na- game and then have their name plastered all over it. Like, Yeah, he'd left the project over a year like before it was made public. So he was like, well, he's already left and they got the project over the finish line. Obviously, it was absolutely abysmal, but his name was used to sell it, like, you know, the Sonic Creator's new game or Billy mm-hmm. Hatcher's new game. And then it was like, here's this game. Um, but yeah, he'd left many months or like a year or so uh, beforehand. So he's suing Square Enix for the way that thing rolled out. But Square Enix themselves, like they've sold off Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, like all their big mm-hmm. IPs that mm-hmm. they could do something with. And they've kind of just held on to Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, so they're in a really weird place. I don't, I don't know. I um, like there's all the rumors that they might get bought by Sony, so I guess that might might help in regards to Sony going okay, focus on this. But Square Enix are in a hell of a, spl- a hell of a place after wasting Indeed. so much money on the Avengers as well. Um, but yeah, hopefully the summer brings with it some games. I know that obviously it's a hard time. The amount of projects that got started during COVID, um, it's just going to be even harder for them to come together. But hopefully there's something to show off. Yep. Um, Willie Aurea says no question. Just some good vibes for both of you, especially for Jules, and cheers to his recovery. Oh, and thanks, mate. next question from AJ, who says, UBP, hope you're both doing well. Jules, I'm glad you're better. Do you guys feel that we're in another game drought? Another major title just does not release until August. I will shout out Sniper Elite 5, and um, that's out in a week. I love the Sniper Elite series, and I thought 4 was the best one so far. I'm not going to lie, I'm actually quite excited about yeah. that game as well. Um, and there may or may not be some emails going back and forth between me and the public yes. to arrange some, so that'd be quite fun. If we well, can there you go. See, it's on Game Pass, thankfully, too, so if you're on the Xbox side, you mm-hmm. can pick that up. Um, but yeah, there's not that many big head-turning releases. But I feel like Sniper Elite is a give it a shot if you can kind of game. But I would say Mario Strikers. Football's Mario coming home this summer. Strikers, give me that. Give me Rocket League cross with Mario. Give me all the Mario sports games. I played a stupid amount of Mario Golf, even though the Switch one um, was like the worst one <laughs> but, uh, of, the, of the Mario Golf series. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, next question from Jack Asbury, who says, I'm just wondering what you guys think about superhero fatigue. It feels like for a lot of people, it's definitely starting to settle in. Not for me personally, but that's the general vibe I get from the internet. Um, yes, pretty much. Although, yeah. to be honest, I'm in a bit of a Batman bubble at the minute because I've just listened to Batman Unburied, um, which is a phenomenal audio drama thing that Spotify are doing that I've not seen anyone talk about. I tweeted being like, is anyone listening to this? Because it beat Joe Rogan in the podcast charts. And I was like, well, surely there's millions of us then. Yeah, that's the but thing. it's I, not anyone anywhere. Because I was watching, um, I think it was a H3H3 podcast and they mm-hmm. were talking about, it's like, oh, we're a Batman channel now because they, they've just completely <laughs> been, it's blown apart Joe Rogan's uh, top spot position. So yeah, like, knocked oh, off right, the top spot enough. or something. Yeah, Unburied, um, complete side note, but Batman Unburied on Spotify, genuinely brilliant, really cool alternate reality uh, take on, on the Batman mythos and um, with some great twists and turns and episode five you know when people go you need to watch this show because of this episode yeah episode five is the one Batman is Unburied is the one it's great um, so yeah i'm in a big old batman bubble i'm replaying the arkham games but i do know what jack means overall yeah. mcu like, stuff i'm checked out like gotham knights for example you and i mm. are both smelling the stink rising up through the floorboards <laughs> at the moment there's a dead game underneath that polished veneer because the oh, like, thing is just that i I want that game to be brilliant. I really do. But 
after same. watching that gameplay demo of it and seeing all of the sort of like you can use uh, in-game currency to buy all of these new abilities and skills i'm like oh, we've seen it all we've done it all why are you trying yeah. to force this padding out that is so egregious that you know that your player base is going to be absolutely killed off and after a month of just being like oh great i'm going to grind the same five missions over and over again well, it looks, just it so I can like afford was... one piece of Batman Beyond's costume that doesn't even look like Batman Beyond. <laughs> it's like, I feel like that game, I said this on some other thing that we recorded where I was like, that game was made for a world where the Avengers was a success. Yes. Like everyone rebelled yeah. against the way that game was structured. Same with Anthem um, and parts of Mass Effect Andromeda, but that style, quote unquote, of game where it says go to a point in the map and defend it against waves of enemies yeah. or go Mate. find six collectibles how, like, how no. bullet spongy as well did the enemies look as well yeah. when, you're, when you're fighting now it's like none of the goons in when you're playing the batman games feel even remotely as spongy yes they can no. take a few hits and batman is a heavy fisted bloke but at the same time <laughs> like it was three or four hits and they were each down whereas this yeah. one it was like bang 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 flip flip bang bang oh come on it's so messy because it's not an arkham game it's not in the arkham timeline because uh, suicide squad is the actual yeah. rocksteady game yeah. is but gotham knights is taking the final plot point from off that he's gone that he's dead or gone and then we're running with that so it's like this weird spin-off and then the combat both is and isn't arkham style because it's kind of more like avengers it's more just hit everyone all at once kind of thing it just feels really really messy and it feels very corporate it feels very this is what the kids want kind of thing and like like you said perfectly there's a dead game under there and we'll we'll see how it comes together um but yeah superhero fatigue overall i feel like the mcu's got a hell of a lot more messy with the tv shows and i feel like anyone's really keeping up with them and um for me i hated doctor strange i thought it was an absolute mess so there is I've that heard side of very it too. polarizing things about this uh, yeah. film that it's um it looks good but is absolute tosh. <laughs> I, I wasn't a fan. People really like the Sam Raimi stuff, and I do like pockets of the Raimi stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just thought it was just so messy. No real good character writing, whatever. I'm not going to make it a film podcast, but I wasn't <laughs> a fan of that thing. Um, Darren Barkley says, welcome back, Jules. On the last Thank episode you. with uh, me and Josh, mentioned that we mentioned that no gaming is done during office hours. Um, Darren says he always figured that gaming for review wouldn't be on our own time. So what is a typical day in the office for us? It certainly isn't playing games. Well, this is the thing. Um, I think that we can tell people now because they uh, Adam Clary put a post of it the other day. We actually have yes. new employers at the moment Do. now. What culture has been? Uh, I'll use the word absorbed by acquired, uh, acquired. acquired, acquired by uh, future publishing. <laughs> and so now things may change. We may indeed be allowed to play uh, and do review go- games, mm. do more streaming, do stuff like that in our own time slash at uh, while we're at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the moment, a day in the life of Jules Gill, Egg Daddy is that I wake up, I get to work at 7.30, I write a script, I record the script, I then message my boss and say, have they got any uh, VOs to do? He gives me some VOs, I make sure that they're done, I send <laughs> ideas out to other people to make sure that they're done. The content creaming cow does not ever oh, stop the, the, getting the content milked. pastures, yeah, need to be farms. Um, it's non-stop. Like, like Jill said, we got acquired by Future, who was a really cool thing because um, it doesn't. it's not going to change anything if anyone's no. thinking that. Like, it, if, if anything, things will get better. We've just acquired different ways to do more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Future Publishing and Future Studios, they're responsible for like the official PlayStation magazine and stuff like that, that I grew up reading. So I was like, oh my God, these guys. Um, So that was insane. Um, But yeah, for me, it's it's every single thing that comes my way, whether it's making artwork for the thumbnails or writing stuff or editing stuff or emailing someone or giving out ideas. What the hell ever? I don't stop, and it's I'm I'm the crunch man. That's me. Yeah, I'm you, crunch are, you are living in crunch land. Uh, you are Captain <laughs> Crunch over there, uh, and it's not, it's not good. We keep, up, yeah. we keep telling him to take a break, but then uh, Scott <laughs> replies 
with a shrug that says, but who else is going to do it? Jules? I can't. I know. It's like, oh, you can take time off now. How? How can I do that? I Mate, mean, if I schedule if, enough If you stuff, take time off, that's literally not like just taking away a wheel of a car. It's taking mm. away the goddamn engine. Like, <laughs> Well, that's the thing. So yeah, those are like conversations that need to be had going forward in regards to like, yeah, just sort of sorting an ability for me to take more time off. Yeah. But um, whatever. Yeah, I try and do a bit of everything. Obviously, I'm the gaming editor or whatever, but we work really closely. Me and Jules work together all the time. Same with me and Josh um, and the rest of the team. But yeah, it's it's writing, it's presenting, it's doing adverts, it's doing podcasts, mm-hmm. it's, it's doing everything other than just playing games. The actual playing game stuff is in our own time. But like Jules said, um, we might be reapproaching streaming stuff or whatever we yes. can um, get off the ground again. More reviews, more reviews. Let's more go. reviews, more review discussion stuff, more on-camera, multiple people discussion mm-hmm. stuff. Um, all fancy, all fun things for the rest of this year. But those cogs turn slow. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, across the rest of 2022. Yep. Um, a question from Jacob Sawyer. Which villain do you want to cast for the Batman sequel? Um, sorry, who do you want for the Batman sequel and who would you cast? Personally, I would want Mads Mikkelsen to be Mr. Freeze. Uh, they think that Gotham Knights will be a surprise hit like Guardians was uh, rather than the Avengers. Well, I hope so. Yeah, I, I hope so. For your I sake. I get Guardians vibes from that game, but you never know. Um, yeah, who do you want for the, the next Batman movie? Like, Let's say Robert Pattinson comes back for more Batman. Who Who's he going to go up against? Well, the thing is, I've been calling for the Riddler for absolutely ages. Mm. So for having him in the latest one was a huge boon mm. for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there's more to be done with maybe a B-list um, Batman hero. Start moving into the sort of deeper rogues gallery and maybe start Condiment getting man? a bit weird. What, say what? Condiment Man? Oh yeah, con- oh, uh, Calendar Man. If, if they did Calendar Man and did it like, because obviously... no, no, no <laughs> was Calendar Man too, yeah. Because Calendar Man, um, he, Julian Day is his name. Um, of he uh, obviously commits crimes on specific uh, mm-hmm. national holidays and stuff like that. Now, it sounds silly, but in the Arkham City games and also in some of the recent comics, they've turned that into a really dark thing because it's like um, how uh, somebody whose gimmick should be so easy to stop can't be stopped. And he's like a serial killer with some really horrible stuff. So mix that with maybe Victor Zaz, a bit more sort of like... Oh my God, and, a Victor and get, Zaz. And get, and get, stu- like get really violent, get really dark, get, yeah. get Professor Pig in there as well. You know, because <laughs> he murders people in the pig mask and he's a surgeon. Like if they Professor start going... Pig. Yeah, if they start going really sort of like dark and disturbing with mm-hmm. it and trade off of like, if that Batman film was a thriller, this is an out and out horror film, then mm. that could be a way to move things forward. See, I, um, yeah, that's a massive shout. If you, again, Batman Unburied, extremely dark, the villain in that thing is called the Harvester, who's Ooh. this like um, serial killer who's like literally harvesting organs to do something with them, but they don't know what, and it's all about Bruce trying to track them down. Interesting. I would go down that route. Professor Pig is a really good shout for the tone of the new Batman stuff. Um, I feel like I, Mr. Freeze is by far my favorite Batman villain. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's never really been done justice in live action. Obviously, there's only Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, as a go to. Yeah. So, um, Matt Mickelson is a shout because he could do a, a nice menacing version of him part of me would want Brian Cranston to do it because if you got Walter White era Brian Cranston just shouting about Nora and trying to save Nora his wife who he's trying to make this cure for and he's being held back as he's trying to just do the right thing and you've got to save him from himself I feel like Cranston could do a really good version of that it might be too powerful I guess because um, Mr. Freeze Victor Freeze is like a very weak individual when you take away the suit but I feel like they did a good um, version of that in Breaking Bad so I kind of just want to take that across Walter like, White um, becomes Victor Freeze Mr. Freeze if they did a younger version could be played by mm. is it Rami Malek Ram- Rami Malek Rami Malek would be great he's yeah. anyone like that that brings that 
that sort of more like maniacal edge would be really fun. Hell yeah. Um, a final question from Marcus the Thief with the impending sale of Crystal Dynamics plus the rest to Embracer. Could we now be one step closer to the dream of a new legacy of Kane done by the guys behind the Darksiders games? Uh, keep up the cracking work, guys. UBP for life. Now, all this Embracer stuff is fascinating. Like I said, Square Enix have sold off all their IP, bar Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. So Legacy of Cain, um, I think, yeah, went to Embracer. So it's kind of one of those things where do you think Legacy of Cain matters anymore? Can they do that justice now? Or does it just feel like something that only old farts like me and you care well, about? Nosgoth was such a colossal failure that I do feel mm. like it has uh, done quite a considerable amount of damage to the IP. And that's the thing, you forget mm-hmm. it happened, but unfortunately uh, sales will say, like people will go, ah, well, that was the last time that we had one of them. Mm. I would love it if we managed to get um, another Legacy of Kane game out of the door, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen if I'm honest. Same. I kind of The thing is, I really want them to be on that new PlayStation Plus premium service. Like, I mm-hmm. kind of, I really thought the uh, Sony's opening salvo would be, here's Soul Reaver, here's Blood Omen, here's these cool franchises that we talk about all the time as a way to test the audience, uh, to test the waters on whether it can be done better. Um, I think that that'll be the case going forward. Maybe they do a couple of games every month or something and they get the, the social media burst and everyone gets to tweet and go, oh my God, Legacy of Kane. Because Soul Reaver 2 didn't sell that well and Blood Omen 2 didn't review very well. But a lot yeah. of people love Soul Reaver 1. I love Blood Omen 2. But um, I've just Googled the voice actors, uh, Michael Bell and Simon Templeman, Raziel and uh, Kane. Yeah. They're both still going and they're both like, you know, they've both been active. They Could did the happen. two way to DLC happen. where they popped up again. So it's like maybe something like that. Um, I just I just hope Legacy of Kane can live again, whether they resurrect the Defiance plans or whatever. They do mm-hmm. something with the, um, mm-hmm. with the franchise. Um, but yes, massive thank you to everybody for sending all their questions. This has been the Untitled Banner Podcast, the UBP, the UBP, the UBP. The UBP. Yeah. I've Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you so much for having me, mate. I am very glad you're doing very well and massive thank you to everybody Cheers, once again. We will catch you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.